Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a three times per week college basketball show brought to you in under eight minutes. At the time of recording, it is Thursday, February 29th. Happy leap year, 6.58 p.m. My name is Josh Mullenix. On today's pod, Caitlin Clark declares for the WNBA draft. Dalton Connects might just be the best player in the country and more college hoops action from the last couple of days. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. Josh Doring here with me. Josh, the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history, declares for the WNBA NBA draft on a Thursday afternoon at the end of February. Your instant reaction was? Surprise. Not at the decision, but at the fact that it's now. Sure. I really expected her to go back and forth on this and for this to drag about as i mean it's what a week or so after the season ends that you have to decide whether you're going to the WNBA draft or not but i i expected this to go about as long as it possibly could Mm -hmm. and so we can get into the actual decision itself but to me what this says more than anything is that she is just fine being a member of the indiana fever yep and is confident in that part of it. Because if she wasn't, she could have put some pressure on and draw, you know, really drawn this thing out and said, I need to know X, Y, Z. And if I'm coming out, here's what needs to happen. And now all that's gone. It's already official. So I was I was surprised that her decision was this confident that she was able to announce it now. Yeah, I think it's, you know there are two parts to the equation. It's one. I, I would be content with, with heading to Indianapolis to play in the WNBA. That's one half of it. The other half of it is I'd also be content because now in theory, of course, whether or not Iowa wins a national championship in the next six weeks doesn't matter. Right. And that's the other part of it that she's saying, I am comfortable with what I've achieved individually in college and whether we win a national championship or not in the first weekend in April, um, I am okay with closing this chapter of my basketball career. I think that's, I think that's an important part of it as well, because you and I talked about it. Maybe we've talked about it on here. Maybe we've just talked about it privately, but there's part of me that thinks it'll be a little bit, um, Weird isn't the right answer, isn't the right way to describe it, but it'll just be something that you have to say about Caitlin Clark's college basketball career if she doesn't win a national championship. It'll just have to be something that you say. And um, by declaring this early, I think that's the other part of that equation that yes, one Indiana, the fever, that's a fun place to play basketball. I don't care anybody who, who, you know, Indianapolis, you know, Indiana place you know, that kind of thing. It's always been a place that has to kind of fight for its, its reputation. But if you are a high level basketball player in the state of Indiana, you are worshiped and yep. that's, that can be a cool, a very cool thing to, to, to be a part of. 
That's a really, really good point. I was thinking about the other side of that, which is not only that, right, she's closing the door on the opportunity to come for a fifth year to win a national championship if they get close but can't do it again. Mm-hmm. But also just thinking about, and this is kind of what we talked about when she broke the the D1 record, was if she goes and puts up another season and let's just say they get to the final four this year, they get to the final four again next year to win a national championship. I don't know how you don't call that the best college basketball career ever. Mm. Now, a lot of things would have had to happen, but she could have taken that fifth year because she's done more than just about anybody else in four. (laughs) There was a, a huge opportunity to just run away from everybody else, right? Sure. So you were thinking about it more from this season and right, not having that opportunity. We're both thinking about the same thing, but just kind of different lenses of closing the door on the option to return and to build on this legacy, which sure. gets to one of the other things I was thinking about, which is this also tells me, and she is correct in this. She has absolutely nothing left to prove in college. Sure. Oh yeah. To be clear, it's not right. Her winning a national championship wouldn't be about proving anything right. to me. It's just about having to have that be part of the the discussion the when legacy. people are sitting right. on the couch ten years from now right. talking about how excellent of a yeah. career Caitlin Clark had at Iowa. Right, and I know some other people have. Yeah, we're on the same page with that. But just in general, of and maybe not even that part of it as much as just I don't know that she can get much better. Mm-hmm. Right, there's just. There's nothing, there's nothing left to do other than try and win a national championship. And they have an opportunity to do that. And she decided, even if it doesn't work out, I don't want to wait another year to do that. Mm-hmm. For the Fever in particular and the WNBA side of this, and I'm curious for your thoughts here too. Yeah, this is a perfect fit, right? It's Midwest and People were even asking her about this when she came to Bloomington and they lost. Part of this was the environment, the fact that these fans show up for their basketball teams. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of similarities to what she is experiencing in Iowa. You've got that part of it. You've got the fact that you've got a really young, promising team with another big name in Aaliyah Boston. This is absolutely perfect. The fever needed this. And I, I can't think of a better home for her that, fits her personality and what she experienced at Iowa to Mm -hmm. ease that transition. The second part of this is everybody's going to talk about the money part of it and NIL and all that. Let's make something very clear. These endorsements are not going anywhere. Yeah. Most people, that is a real concern, unfortunately. Right. And even that's not, it's more specific to women but not exclusive to women because Zach Eady has to weigh this too. Because Zach Eady is not the same player when he, once he leaves Purdue. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark is the exact same player because it had very little to do with the Iowa of it all. And the fact that she is the biggest college basketball star on the planet right now. The only, the only question is how much does this, does the, what, what I, well, you know, how much does the the gravitational pull of her game 
and her individual success translate to the WNBA. That's the, that's the, because whether you like it or not, if she's only averaging 21 in the WNBA, she's not as like, it's, it's different. If she's averaging 30, if she's averaging 30, because right now the women's college game is a bigger deal than the women's professional game. Yes. And, and, and so like, is she the type of star that could transcend that and and her Caitlin Clark being the the selling point, not Caitlin Clark in the WNBA or Caitlin Clark in college basketball. Um, it is totally possible, but that would be the only that would be the only thing that I would say is that her like the, the transition itself isn't wouldn't take away her star power, but you know the reality of the situation is is that if she is just a a solid WNBA player, then, then the math changes. It just does. Right. Right. She, oh, she's got to continue to deliver on the ridiculously high bar that she set for herself for sure. And I'm thinking more short term because totally. right, it's going to, it's totally. going to depend on how she does in the WNBA. You're absolutely right. But just going into next season, totally. The idea of how does she do in the WNBA doing it in a place where, by the way, Iowa fans can get to Indy pretty easily, right? She's already got a fan base. I I feel like financially it's just not that it's not that big of a deal because people are going to bet on her because it's proven that that is a smart decision. Sure. So, right. Now, does that change in two years if this isn't going great or if she's good but not spectacular? Maybe. I had really high hopes for Sabrina Onescu, who's a Excellent WNBA player. Has she transcended in the way that I really thought she might? No. It's a, it's a big question mark. But I'll being do- bigger than Sabrina Ionescu would still be like, and like that's somebody who has a, a signature shoe. Yeah. That is an athlete with a signature shoe. So it's not like, you know, I think, I think Sabrina's arc is an interesting case study for what. Caitlin Clark's yes. popularity arc might look it's like probably the best the thing program. we've got, right? I I would think, yeah, yeah. Well, that's ten and a half minutes on the Underrated Podcast <laughs> on Caitlin Clark. That's very on brand for us. Uh, but Caitlin Clark declaring for the WNBA draft, the Indiana Fever have the number one pick in the twenty twenty four WNBA draft. Move on, move on to some uh, on the court hoops stuff. Last night, Dalton Connecting did it again, thirty nine. 12 of 21, 5 of 8 from the three-point line, 10 of 12 from the stripe. Uh, and the volunteers needed all of it. They needed all of it to get 92 points, uh, take down Auburn 92-84 at home. The number four Tennessee volunteers uh, grab another win, and Dalton Connect was pretty, uh, pretty mesmerizing. Well, there was that one stretch where he wasn't so mesmerizing. And therefore, this game is another example of why he is quite simply the most important player in college basketball, mm. at, at least on the men's side. Okay, maybe Caitlin Clark, you've got an argument on the women's side. But for the purposes of the men's conversation, because he missed a couple shots early in the second half, and then he went, I don't know how long it was, four or five minutes, where I was watching going, where is he? He just wasn't a factor. He disappeared. Mm. Now, not necessarily criticizing him for that. He just didn't get involved in the game. They didn't get him the ball. And then they were down, I think it was eight. And he hits the three because, of course, he did. And you went, oh. And then 
he proceeded to just take the game over and pretty much single-handedly win it. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you just let the guy do what he wants with the basketball. And he was beating people off the dribble. He was knocking die. He's got a complete offensive repertoire. We've been drooling over him all season. This was no different. He was spectacular. Is it is it a wild thing to suggest that the only thing that might stop Dalton Connect from carrying Tennessee deep into the NCAA tournament is Tennessee's um, instinct to play offense the way that they do? That maybe it's just just completely take any of the training wheels, any of the you know, training rules and the guidelines, the bumpers, the within the flow of the offense kind of thing. I mean, like, and maybe, you know, even, even Dalton connects of the world have bad nights, but like, right. it kind of feels like that if you just let him do what he wants, he's probably going to do enough and open up things. I mean, like, James Adu was had 14 points in this game. Uh, Zakai Ziegler, Jonas, excuse me, not James, Jonas. Uh, Zakai Ziegler had 17. Like, if you just, you had a couple guys have seven points, 10, nine points off the bench, like, it kind of feels like if you just let him go, that more times than not, he's going to give you enough that you just, if you just get anything from the other guys that with the defense that Tennessee plays, you might be able to escape. It's it's interesting.